Hi, John. How are you this week? I'm good, Elliot. How you been? Uh, I've been good. Uh, the weather here in Wisconsin has been beautiful. Late, very late summer, early fall weather in the seventies with sunny days and light breezes. So um, we could use some rain, but um, I'm happy not to be in the nineties as a lot of people are around the country. So it's been good. Yeah, it's good. And uh, I don't have his name in front of me, but Marquette just uh, got a recruit uh, that chose Marquette over a bunch of other schools. So he will be joining the team uh, in the 23 season. So that's exciting. It's always good to, to know that people are continuing to look closely at, uh, at Marquette's uh, basketball program. So I'm always excited about that. That's true. That is good. Well, there'll be an, there'll be another interesting, it'll be another interesting season and we're starting to work our way into the Shaka smart era where he, they're doing their, where he's managing the recruiting. So that'll be a lot of fun to watch. So I think we asked people who listen hopefully regularly to this week in AML, if they would like updates on Marquette basketball once a month, we'd be happy to <laughs> provide it in the, in the front end of this short podcast. Uh, That's right. So now, now on to something in addition to basketball. Um, so there's a website called Lawfare, uh, which I think you're familiar with, and they post interesting articles uh, by uh, interesting authors in a lot of national security and other related uh, topics. And recently there was an article and the title is Cutting Off Financing for the Next Capital Insurrection. I wonder, did you happen to see that article? Right. And just to let folks know, Law, Lawfare has been around since 2010 and it's produced um, in cooperation with the Brookings Institute, but it's on national and international security issues. So this particular article that came across, uh, 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 I came across my, my view, I think on LinkedIn is where I saw it. But yeah, I, I did see it. And two things I'd mentioned before we talked about the substance, the authors is two authors. Uh, one is a former uh, strategic intelligence analyst with the Canadian Security Intelligence Service. And she's written actually a book on illicit uh, money. And the other is a researcher who's been who's worked with uh, and been an officer with the Egmont Group of FIU. So both of these folks have uh, international credentials. And as we looked at the at the piece, it was their take on preventing the financing of the next insurrection, even though it's a broader discussion. They talk about um, some of the things that we've learned from January 6th, uh, 2021. And a couple of things that I didn't know. One is that the cost uh, of everything was about $500,000, uh, which is more than 9-11. So their point is that uh, from legal fees to staging events uh, to continued recruitment, all of this, it's not a low cost attack. Um, and they are the costs are distributed across, you know, many participants and donors. So I thought I thought that was interesting. So the study or the research document looks at open source material reporting, some primary documents. But a the dollar amount I thought was particularly compelling. But also I guess the B part of this is um, some of the methods in which and how things get financed. You know, crowdfunding. Uh, unfortunately, misuse of charities, um, 
some uh, utilization of payment processing and all, all of that. So the, there's definitely a lot of uh, lot to unpack and they give you a number of recommendations. And then I'll, I'll stop it for this. The other part of it I thought was really fascinating is in sort of the overview um, on the page uh, under the title is links to a number of other research documents that's, that um, support, support their, um, both their theories and their recommendations. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I, uh, all those things you mentioned caught my eye. Um, uh, and I fully agree with you. There is a lot to unpack. Oftentimes I will take a look at uh, an article that uh, either you point out to me or I end up pointing out to you and maybe read it a second time. This was a, a three read minimum uh, right, right. given the, uh, the complexity and the depth of what was going on in here. Um, and, um, uh, I want to jump to the recommendations because it wasn't what I was expecting when I saw the headline and started my first read through. And that is that even though the focus is domestic terrorism, there's recognition that many of the groups that, uh, are involved in the U S for example, have affiliates in a lot of cases with similar names uh, in, other in, in other countries. So one of the key recommendations that the authors put forth is the importance of uh, international cooperation among the various jurisdictions where these affiliated organizations are operating because they're operating more uh, in a more connected manner than we might think if we only focused on the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers or the Three Percenters in the U.S. There are affiliates in Canada, for example, and in other uh, jurisdictions that are operating more connected than less, I guess I would say. Yeah, and, you know, uh, the uh, Soufant Center, uh, one, one, of, one of the authors is uh, uh, works works at the Soufan Center. But the Soufan Center has a number of the issue briefs. And I think one of these that are listed in, in, in the embedded document, I think we actually have talked about this before. And this is an issue brief on lessons learned from listing violent far-right extremist groups in Canada. I know we mentioned it when they were listed, but one of the things uh, that they talk about regarding Canada builds on what you just said. They say in those recommendations, Canada should work with the partner countries to coordinate uh, with the designation and listing of entities. Uh, they should share information. So, again, uh, because, unfortunately, these terrorists are, uh, you know, some are working in multinational situations. Um, the other thing I thought was interesting is that they said there should be metrics so you can figure out. Uh, the impact of sanctions and designations. What, what does it really do? And that's been an ongoing conversation that our community has had regarding Russia, you know, the response to Ukraine. And a lot of uh, publications have looked at that. Some saying sanctions are definitely, they definitely work immediately. Some say it takes time. Uh, but the one I wanted to just reference is, uh, again, this is a July 2022 issue brief on Canada uh, and I'll just read it because it's interesting for, for our financial institution uh, clients. It says, when financial entities in Canada 
continue to provide financial services to listed terrorist entities. Now, of course, we wouldn't imagine anybody would be doing that intentionally, but would they continue to do it or websites that provide services, Canadian law enforcement should liaise with the companies in question. Okay, great. Talk to them, find out. But then consider terrorist financing criminal charges and if or when those services are disrupted, issue a public statement to encourage greater adoption and compliance with the law. So the, the premise challenges the fact that I don't believe, for the most part, institutions intentionally do any of that. I think it's we've been doing this long enough to know that that's not the case. But that's a pretty strong recommendation com- coming from this group. I agree. Um, I think I, I and I fully agree with you that with with a couple of limited exceptions, you know, over the many years you and I have been doing this, uh, there's no question that the financial services community have been um, active participants in attempting to uh, build structures and make them work to cut down on terrorist financing and money laundering as well. Um, however, there are some organizations who, not because they're supportive of them, but because of resources or sophistication right. or uh, you know other resource challenges, may not be necessarily up to the challenge. Um, and the other challenge we know we have is that to the extent that uh, pay- standard payment systems uh, whether they be credit cards or debit cards or other payment uh, streams uh, that, you know, uh, are and payment processors, the volumes of transactions are so high that picking, uh, often designing your systems and picking ways to be certain that you're identifying the ones you want to interdict is challenging. I mean, this right. is, if, this, if this were easy, you and I wouldn't have a podcast, you know, <laughs> about it. Right. <laughs> So I think the key conclusion is what you've again already said and and I referenced in in the Canadian issue brief, and that is uh, international response that needs to criminalize this extremist violence. And they call out specifically the Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, the Three Percenters, and they believe that they should be, as they are in Canada, designated as terrorist groups. And I know there will be debate about that, which we'll continue to talk about uh, in future conversations. Um, but that'll help them better coordinate. And they want to talk about coordinating in Canada, New Zealand, and other countries that are working hard to combat violent far-right extremism. But the bottom line is cooperation, transparency in, in how you're making the designations, metrics so you can figure out how these things work. And then, again, working together, collaborating uh, is, is the key. So uh, really interesting. Lawfare, uh, the website is Lawfare blog.com we'll link to the article uh in our thing on our website so you'll be able to see what we saw and follow this thread if you're interested um and then of course uh lawfare as a website uh has other interesting material that um we would certainly recommend people keep track of right and the authors i I didn't mention them up front by name jessica davis and elena Marty Nova. I hope I got the last name right. Those are the two. Those are the co-authors of the piece. uh, And it was just posted this week. Yes. So, um, John, what do you 
what do you got in the hopper? We had an interview this week with um, a BSA official from Silicon Valley Bank on the Women in AML series that we've been working on for a couple of years. So we're going to be working on that. As we mentioned, I think last week, we have a couple of other ones that haven't been posted yet. One actually got posted to today as we're, as we're recording, and that's a, a new book on countering the t- financing of terrorism by the American Bar Association. So we were able to talk to the author and editor of that. And then uh, Guy Fico, the deputy uh, of deputy director of IRSCI, uh, we had a conversation with him, and that'll, be, that'll get posted uh, coming up in a, in a week or so. We have some working on some webinars. We're still figuring out the panelists, but maybe you can tell them about the uh, the one we're having for September. So September, uh, we're looking at uh, how uh, ESG issues uh, influence and sh- or have been, but really need to influence risk uh, analysis and risk management for financial services companies, um, not just. Uh, directly on the ESG, but also because uh, uh, they can be connected to financial crime. Uh, There's a little bit of a European focus there, but I think that uh, our uh, listeners and uh, webinar participants across the globe will find it interesting since this is an issue that is getting more and more scrutiny by uh, both financial services regulators, but also public company regulators and usually what happens in the public company sphere quickly um, moves into the private company sphere. So I think that that will be uh, interesting for everybody. And that is uh, Thursday, September 29th, a new time. It'll be noon Eastern time uh, so that we can accommodate a broader global audience. And we hope you'll uh, tune in for that. You can uh, sign up and get the access link on our website. That sounds great. Elliot, have a good rest of your week. We'll uh, talk again next week. Okay. Thanks, John. Bye-bye. Bye.